So there is no doubt that it is cooking in Cape Town today, right? He feels like they've been put in a boiling hot pot right now. But you know, it's quite appropriate because we're in the heat of summer and we're actually in a, in a, in a series entitled Seasons. And Andre kicked it off last week. He spoke out of Ecclesiastes 3. It was a great message. And uh, I'm going to be continuing with the topic of seasons. But just in my own life, when I think about seasons, I, I think it's quite a comforting concept, both literally and figuratively. For me, it's comforting. Like right now, it is so hot. And just when summer feels like it's going on for too long and you cannot handle it, you're going, it is too hot to handle, all of a sudden the leaves start changing color and falling off the trees. And some of you are going, praise the Lord, autumn is coming. Can I get an amen? And then figuratively or in a spiritual sense, sometimes you are going through a winter in your life. And you're going, it feels so dark. The days are short and the nights are long and things are tough. But just when it feels like this winter is never gonna end, we see new flowers starting to bloom and we know that spring has come and God is taking us into a new season. Am I the only one that gets encouraged by that? Our God is a God whose mercy's on you and He's always doing something new. Now, if you grew up in Cape Town like me, who went to school in Cape Town? Put your hand up. Okay, quite a few of you. So you will know what I'm talking about. Who remembers winter's mornings at school? Okay, if you went to a government school like me, they would lock us out of the building until 8 a.m. And you would be waiting. It was barely light. It was pretty dark. And you'd be in a huddle with your blazers and your scarves. And it was so freezing cold. And as you spoke, what would happen? What would come out of your mouth? A mist, right? The air is so cold in Cape Town in winter. As you talk, it's like this mist or this vapor forms and it's there for like a second or two. And then what does it do? It vanishes, disappears. Can you guys picture that? Have you all seen it? It kind of looks like you're smoking, but none of us smoke in this church, hey? So bad for your health. I'm not making a biblical statement, but just don't smoke, it's bad for your health. But it looks like you're smoking, right? Anyone play that game? No, just me. But I'm getting off track. I want you to picture that mist. Because the Bible kind of talks about that, that, that vapor, that fleeting vapor. We're gonna read from James 4, verse 13 to 15. It says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's quite a sobering piece of scripture, hey? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Why would God put a verse like that in the Bible? I believe He's put it in there to just remind you and I, hey guys, life is short. It's like a vapor, one or two seconds, but eternity is long. 
You are gonna exist forever. We're all gonna exist forever in the same universe as God, but we're either gonna exist as friends of God on His terms or as enemies of God on our terms. And how we exist gets determined by this short time in life. It's like God saying, hey, I'm putting the ball in your court. But remember, the game is short. That vapor, two seconds and it's gone. So we don't have time to waste, am I right? Come on, I think COVID has highlighted this even more. We don't have time to waste. Time is precious. And Andre read from Ecclesiastes 3. I'm just gonna kick you off so it jolts your memory. But Ecclesiastes 3 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. We're gonna skip to verse nine where it says, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I want you guys to get this. He says, he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. What I want us to focus on this morning is that God has set eternity in your heart and in my heart for a reason. And that every season of life, we need to be focused on eternity. Can I get an amen? amen? There's eternity set in our hearts. Why? Like I was pondering over this. Why is eternity set in our hearts? What does that mean? I believe it's set in our hearts because God is kind and God is loving. And He knows that you and I need a constant reminder it's kind of like this built-in alarm clock that keeps on going off. Remember eternity, remember eternity. Anyone here hit the snooze button in the morning? Any honest people? Okay, we've got some snoozers. I don't hit the snooze button. I must be honest, when I'm awake, I'm awake, which is a problem because if the cat comes in the window at 4.30, guess who's awake, which sucks. The only time I ever remember sleeping through my alarm was when I was doing my um, community service as a doctor. And oh, those obstetric calls, do you know that babies love to come at the most inconvenient times? Like two in the morning, 4.30 is their favorite time to come. Anyone have children born at that time? No, you all had elective C-sections. Shaking, but babies love to come in the weirdest time. So we never got sleep on call. We would work all day and all night. And then from hopper six to seven in the morning, the nurses would swap shifts and that was like your break. And I would rush to the on-call room, lock myself in, because you always lock yourself in. And I'd set my alarm for 7 a.m. for the ward round. And true as Bob, I did it like two or three times. I slept through my alarm. Then you must know I'm exhausted. But it's a problem because I had to present the patients to the profs. So the other intern would be like bashing on the door, wake up, you know, wake up, like get up. And, and I'd hear my alarm going and, and, and I'd step right through it. So, so some of us do that. Today in 2022, I'm not doing calls anymore. So I wake up very early, but do you know what I would love? I would love an alarm clock in every room of my house that went off and said, Leanne, you have 50 minutes to be out the front door. 
Leanne, you have 42 minutes until takeoff. Anyone else? Because I have this big problem overestimating the amount of time I have. Anyone else? Yeah, so Andre will go, Leanne, he knows me so well. Leanne, you've gotta be at the house in 15 minutes. What? In my head, I have like 45 minutes. Like, where did the time go? Luckily, my youngest child is, is, is like, she hates being late. So she will also, mommy, what's the time? Mommy, are we gonna be late again? And she reminds me. But I need like an alarm in every, in every room of the house going, Leanne, get a move on. Because I'll brush my teeth and I'll daydream. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, and five minutes have gone past and I'm still brushing my teeth. It's not good for your gums. They say you should stop at two minutes. But I, I could do with a built-in alarm clock. And we have this, this, this eternity, how God puts it, written on our hearts, in our hearts, as like this internal alarm clock to remind us all the time that you and I were not made for this world. We were made for a person and his name is Jesus and we were made for a place and that place is heaven. And, and it's like this is a reminder that nothing else in this world is gonna satisfy us but a relationship with our Creator. Amen, yeah, we can give God some praise. It's the only thing that's gonna satisfy you guys. That song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. We should play it to remind ourselves. Only God can satisfy, nothing else. No job, no title, no position, no house, no trophy wife. The only thing that is gonna satisfy you is a deep relationship with God because you were made for a person and that person is Jesus. You were made for a place, that place is heaven and you may just spend eternity there with your Savior and that's the only time you will be truly satisfied. Can I get an amen? So we have this God-sized hole to remind us so what does that look like? Now some of you are going, okay, cool. So we become a Christian and then we're made for heaven. So what does that mean, Leanne? Once I give my life to Jesus, do I just grit my teeth until I can finally exit this place and go to heaven? Anyone? Because people are awful and I just wanna get out of here. Or do you take the other approach and go, well, gee, if life is fleeting and I'm gonna be in heaven like YOLO, you only live once, I'm gonna make the most of this place because before I know it, I'll be playing the harp on a cloud, trying not to fall asleep. Anyone think like that? That's not what heaven's gonna be like, is it? Andre always makes this joke every year, he makes this joke every week that the only reason that you know, we're not in heaven yet, is because God doesn't want to disappoint Capetonians. But we know that heaven's gonna blow our minds. Like being in the presence of our Creator is gonna blow our minds. Being in His presence, the roads are paved with gold. Heaven is gonna be the most exciting place ever. Do you guys believe that? You don't look like you do. You believe it. Heaven is gonna blow your mind. So how we do live is we go, 
I've got this hole, it's reminding me. I am made for a person and that person is Jesus. I was made for a place and that place is heaven. But because I was made for Jesus, as I get to know Him, I fall in love with Him. And what happens when you fall in love with someone? You start to love what they love, right? Andre is still so proud of himself. When we were dating, I started to love the Stormers. He's very proud. I got so into it. You know, at one point we were watching a Stormers game and the guy in front of me stood up when it was a try and I almost tackled him. Like Andre was like, he had to hold me back. You guys think I'm joking. I got so into it because I loved him. And I love what he loves. He says it's leadership. <laughs> but when you love Jesus, you can't help loving people because he loves people. And when you love Jesus, you can't help loving the church because He loves the church. Guys, you cannot say to me, I love Jesus, but I don't do the whole church thing. I don't like the church. It doesn't work. It's like saying to me, or it's like saying to Andre, hey, bro, I'm cool with you. We can be friends, but I'm gonna hang out with Leanne. It's not gonna fly, right? We're a package deal. I'm his bride. The Bible says that the church is Christ's bride. You don't get Jesus and not the church. Amen. It's a package deal. Everything we do on this earth though has an eternal significance. So we're going, God loves people. So I'm gonna do whatever I can to take as many people with me to heaven. Come on, we're on a mission. We're called to populate heaven and empty out hell. And so we live with a divine purpose on purpose. Can I get an amen? Guys, if you remember anything that I say today, I want you to remember this. God has made it easy for us. He's given us the ending. We have the ending in mind. You know how much easier that makes it? And we're on the winning side. Jesus wins. Who wants to be associated with winners? My husband does. You know, when Liverpool win a game, he says, we won. When they lose, he goes, they lost. <laughs> because everyone wants to be associated with winners, not losers. Come on. Jesus has already won. We are on the winning side. It's clear, it's easy, it's mapped out in the Bible. It's like we get to do the puzzle with the end picture in sight. Has anyone here ever tried to do a puzzle without the box? Okay, so I've heard this illustration and I'm like, haha, it's actually now happened to me because my, my youngest daughter, she's only seven, but um, she loves puzzles, which I encourage. I'm always like, you know, iPads shrink your brain, puzzles grow your brain, do puzzles, you know? And so she's taken that literally and she loves puzzles. But then my cousin goes and immigrates and like hands her all these puzzles where the boxes are missing. And then she's like, mommy, come do the puzzle with me. And I'm like, mommy's brain is fully developed. The puzzle is for you. She's like, no, mommy, come do it with me. And I'm like, Zara, this is so hard because we don't have a picture. We don't know what we're building. Where are we going with this puzzle? 
But I'll tell you what, that kid has grit. She perseveres, she puts all the yellow pieces together and she will, she's built puzzles without the end picture, but it's hard. It's, 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 it's hard work. Are you with me? God's made it easy for you and I. We have the end picture in mind. We have the blueprints, the completed plans. We're living for eternity. I'm gonna ask you guys a trick question, so don't answer out loud. But who here wants to be successful? Come on, we're all taught that we need to be successful from a young age. You wanna be successful. We can either be successful or we can be significant. You might go, cool, Leanne, you're playing with words, what's the difference? Success is all about making me look great. Hey, everybody, look at me. Look at Leanne. Look what I've achieved. Look how good I am. But significance is all about adding value to others, serving others, bringing the best out of them, helping them reach their destiny, saying, hey, you were made for a place and a person. Come with me. There's a great mission you get to be a part of. You see, significance lasts forever, for an eternity. Success is like a vapor and a mist. It's gone in two seconds. If you're a kid's church leader, you're not wasting time next door getting a headache on a Sunday morning. You are doing something significant. You are sowing into the lives of our future leaders, of the next generation that is significant. If you're playing the drums, you're not just making a noise, you are doing something significant. You are leading people into the presence of God where anything can happen. They can get a breakthrough, God can speak to them, they can be healed. It's God's presence, it's significant. It has an eternal value. Success will disappear, significance will last for eternity. There was a man in England by the name of Charles Studd. And he was a man who understood what it was to live in a life of significance. You know, in the world's eyes, this guy had everything going for him. He was chosen to be part of the, the um, England's cricket team. He was a brilliant cricketer. He was a scholar at Cambridge. He got his degree there. He was super academic. Um, he was part of this group called the, the Cambridge Seven or something. Like, he was very intellectual. He had everything going for him in the world's eyes and he decided to give it all up. He left cricket, he left his academics and he went to the missions field and he focused the rest of his life on bringing the gospel to China, Africa and India. And people said, why would you do that? Isn't the missions field for people who can't make it in the real world? You had everything going for you. And this is what he said. He said, I know that cricket would not last and honor would not last and nothing in this world would last, but it was worthwhile living for the world to come. This is a man who said, I am choosing significance over success. He also wrote a poem and two of the lines that are very famous go like this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Come on, that's powerful. 
he knew that his life in his own hands was just a mist. It was gonna vaporize. But in God's hands, it would have an eternal effect. So we're gonna get practical for a moment. It's 2022. How do we live a life of significance? First point, I'm gonna read to you guys from Proverbs 4, verse 25 to 27. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So the first way that we are gonna live a life of significance is we need to fix our gaze. Fix your gaze. Anyone here get easily distracted? I can get easily distracted. There's a lot going on in 2022. You could go on the news and get sucked in. There's so much happening. Boris Johnson's doing this. Australia's doing that. Djokovic, you know, like, it's a distracting world, right? Freaking Prince Andrew's up to nonsense again. I'm a bit of a royal fan. I'm proud of the queen. Let's not get political. No one else likes the queen. I was an Evans before I was a Chrief, so got some Welsh blood in me. Anyway, I'm digressing here. You see, easy distracted. I'm gonna focus. They said in 2021, there were more motor vehicle accidents than any year before. More motor vehicle accidents recorded around the world than any other year in 2021. We should have all been social distancing like at home. I'm joking, that was a bad joke. But there were more car accidents than ever before. Why? Because people are distracted. Come on guys, are you getting this? We're distracted. We all do it. We get to a red robot. What do we do first? Take out your cell phone. Could you check Facebook? How many likes have I got? Who likes my post? Or you check your emails. And sometimes you're, oh, flip, I need a reply. So you start replying. And then suddenly you're sucked in, you're totally distracted, you forget you're actually on a mission, the robot goes green, but your head's still down, you don't even see. Crazy thing is the guy in the car behind you, his head's down as well. So only the third car is now irritated because they're in a rush. So they're trying to be polite. They finally get up the, the nerve to hoot. They hoot, you get such a shock. You drop your phone. You try and get into first. You choke off. The car splatters. You get back into first and flip. The robot's red. Anyone? Just me? You missed your chance. Your opportunity is now gone because you were distracted. You were meant to be at a specific destination, but you got distracted and now you're delayed. And not only are you delayed, but everyone behind you that was following you is delayed too. Come on, if we're gonna live significant lives, we need to get rid of distractions. We need to fix our gaze ahead. Sometimes one of the best ways to actually stay focused is to make a decision to forget. I'm gonna choose to forget. Because listen, I mean, life happens, right? We get hurt. 
people do us in. We go through hectic stuff and we can get caught up in bitterness and anger and hatred. Come on, these are all real emotions. But if we get caught up in all that stuff, we're gonna be totally distracted from where we're meant to be going and that's eternity and what we're meant to be doing, taking as many people with us. So we have to say, you know what? I'm gonna make a decision even though I was wronged. I am going to forgive. I am going to forget because I am on a mission and I cannot afford afford to be distracted. Can I get an amen? You know, I've been really challenged even for 2022. Like I have a choice what I'm gonna major on and what I'm gonna minor on. I can either major on my stress or I can major on gratitude. So you might see me in the shops and I'm looking all flustered. Hey Leanne, how are you? I will like vomit it out on you. Oh, I'm good, but this is happening. And you're like, I just was saying hi to be polite. I can, I can major on all my stress or I can stop and go, I'm actually really good because my kids are healthy. They go to a great school. Um, you know, we're blessed. We have a roof over our head. Like church is amazing. I can start to major on the gratitude and minor on the stress. It's my choice. I can decide to perceive my life whichever way I want. Are you with me? So I wanna, 2022, I wanna major on gratitude. It's all about how we look at it. Who's married in the building? You married. You would have said vows at the altar, right? And most of us who are married, we said we would forsake all others for our spouse, didn't we? That's not just saying that for me, Leanne, I will forsake all other men for Andre. That's not, that's not all that that, that vow means. It means I will forsake anything or anyone that gets in between Andre and I. Are you with me? Whether it's a job, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a friendship. When I made that vow, I'm saying anything that gets in the way of our marriage, I will forsake. It gets out of the way because this marriage comes first. It's sacred, it's holy, it's to be protected. We have to guard our relationships with Jesus like that. We have to say anything that gets in the way of me being close to Jesus, of me focusing on the end goal, I'm gonna get rid of. Even if that means forgiving and forgetting. I wanna remind you guys though, there will never be a perfect spouse. There will never be a perfect job or a perfect boss. There will never be a perfect friend, right? I will never be perfect. I always say, hang around with me long enough, I will disappoint you. But I love what the, the Wilkerson say, they, their pastors in America, they always say, if people say, oh, you know, I expected more from you, you say, I'm so sorry. Please excuse the mess. I am a mess. My life is still under construction, but my God is the master builder and the blueprints, the end result is great. He is sanctifying me until I go to heaven, but right now, please excuse the mess. Amen? No one's perfect, but we're all on a journey. Second thing we need to do if we're gonna live lives of significance is we need to learn to fight. Who likes a good fight? 
or the middle children. Sol likes a good fight. Are you a middle child? I'm a middle child, so I can probably be a bit scrappy because you know, you're not the oldest, so you're not the, the favorite, the firstborn, you're not the youngest, you're not the cute one. It's hard being the middle child. Our youngest daughter is super scrappy. So I said to Andre, if we have another child, it's over. It's like, she would be a terrible middle child. You guys, anyone who's the middle child here know what I'm talking about? There we go. <laughs> it's tough being the middle child. But my, my youngest daughter, she's very scrappy and um, she's tough. And she plays netball with my older daughter. So the older one is tall for her age and she's strong and she's, she's quite aggressive. And then the little one is average height. So she knows if she wants to get the ball playing with her sister, she needs to fight. Well, she's not gonna touch the ball. So these girls will legit wrestle in our garden for the ball. And like I say, Zara has got some grit, man. It's actually got super rough. But you know what my husband does? He's super competitive. I blame him for all my, my kids' uh, competitive streaks. He goes up to Zara at the club matches and right before the game starts, now she's playing against other seven-year-olds, okay? Not a really tall nine-year-old sister. And he goes, Zara, play like you're in the backyard. <laughs> and Zara's like, yes, daddy, game on. There's like this fire in her brown eyes. She's like, and I'm like, ooh, that poor girl defense. Because now she knows that she's been told to fight. And trust me, she will wrestle someone twice her age on the concrete floor to get the ball. She's got fight. But you know, as Christians, we were made to fight. Did you know that? We were made to fight. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Come on, we are called to fight the good fight of faith. We just need to change our language a lot of the time. You know, especially with COVID, it's been a crazy season and people say, hey, I'm struggling. No, you are not struggling. You are fighting and you were called to fight. You are a fighter. God has made you a fighter. You're doing what you were called to do. Come on. And Jesus says, I will hold you by the right hand. You're not in this alone. I've got your back. And even when you feel weak, you are not weak. You are strong because my grace is sufficient and my power is made perfect in your weakness. So no, you are not struggling. You are fighting. Come on. We were not called to be on the sidelines. We were called to be in the game. It wasn't meant to be easy but it was meant to be satisfying with eternity in mind, knowing that this is gonna count for something eternal. See, when you say I'm struggling, you're saying that you're, you're losing or you're weak, but you're not, you're victorious because you're on the winning side. You're just fighting. You're just doing what you were meant to do. And plus, God has armed you. The Bible says, pick up the sword of the Spirit. That's God's Word. Those are His promises. Guys, you've got to have His promises written 
all over your heart. If they're not on your heart yet, write them physically on paper, stick them in your house. You are more than a conqueror. That's what the Bible says. You are the head and not the tail. That's what the Bible says. You are highly favored and loved. That's what the Bible says. And if you don't feel like you're highly favored and loved, then write it down and read it out until it's written in your heart and you believe it. Amen. That's how you fight. It's also giving you worship. That's a tool to fight. Come on, we came in this morning and we sang about the name of Jesus. Could you feel the presence of our God in this room? I could feel the presence of Jesus. It's a powerful name. When we're in His presence, anything can happen. Strongholds can be broken, you can be healed. There is power in His presence. As we worship Him, we get into His presence. It's a victorious moment for us. That's how we fight. We sang about how Jesus couldn't bear the thought of heaven without you and without me. And that's why we do step number three. In order to be significant, we serve because we were served first by the King of the universe. He couldn't bear spending eternity without us. So He left heaven and He came to earth to die. That is significant. And now in response, we serve. You are not just standing in a car park. You are serving. You are watering seed. Come on, our lives in our own hand is a mist, right? But in God's hand, what do we find in mist? We find water. Our lives in God's hands can be water that waters a seed and makes something new grow. Come on, our lives in God's hands are significant. They have eternal value. And I wrote this down. I wanna read it like I wrote it. As a church, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth, which is the greatest privilege. It's a privilege and an honor to serve because Jesus gave me everything for the sake of eternity, His whole life to pay the price for my sins. So I will show up and serve for the sake of eternity because we're on a mission to empty out heaven and populate hell. And it's our greatest privilege. Sorry. We're on a mission to empty out hell and populate heaven. I'm gonna ask you guys just to bow your heads for a moment. If you are here this morning and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, I cannot say this more strongly, you are missing out. There is a God who loves you, who created you on purpose for a purpose. He wants to spend eternity with you in heaven. And all you have to do is acknowledge today that He is gonna be your Lord and Savior. You're gonna say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I wanna get on this plan that you have for me. Maybe you were in a relationship, but you've strayed away from God. Today is the day that you come back. Come on, you were made on purpose for a purpose. Come on, you're a fighter with Jesus holding you by the right hand. So with every head bowed, 
if you wanna give your life to Jesus, I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask you to stick your hand up. That's in Malpos in Camps Bay online. One, God still loved the world. Two, that He gave His one and only Son. Three, you can put your hand up right now. I see that hand, that's awesome. I see that hand. I see that hand, I see that hand. Best decision you could ever make. Anybody else, I don't want anyone to miss that opportunity. We see that hand. Best decision you could ever make. You were made on purpose, for purpose. You are loved, you are called, you are precious, you are treasured. Anybody else, I don't want you to miss out on this, on this moment. In Malpos, there'll be people there. You can just stick your hand up, Camps Bay, online. You can connect with us. Awesome. We're gonna pray together as a church family. Come on, this is a holy moment. The whole of heaven is going crazy right now. They say they throw a party when one person gives their life to Jesus. Let's pray together, church. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying the price for my sins. Today, I ask you to be Lord of my life, to be my Savior. Thank you that from now on, I'm your child, I am yours, and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. The whole of heaven is going crazy right now. And before I hand over to Andre, he, he normally says this, but if you've given your life to Jesus, the best thing we could say to you is just keep coming. Nobody hits a home run and then just goes to first base. You run all the bases. So keep on coming, do growth track, join a view group, because we're in this together, amen? Awesome, let's honor Leanne, let's thank Leanne. I'm gonna hand over to Dieter and to Matt. They're gonna tell you about following Jesus at uh, Mount Bus and Camps Bay. And then to everyone in Tailview, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, uh, please go onto our website, viewchurchtableview.co.za and there's a tab, click following Jesus and you can do it in the comfort of your own home. On your device, you can do a seven step online course that'll help you sort out your foundations, get you grounded in your first steps when it comes to following Jesus. And then um, tonight, we're having a worship encounter night. We are six days into the fast. So uh, we wanna give people an opportunity to come and worship um, in the fast. It's amazing. You wanna sort of end your last week strong. And so that's at six tonight. I'll be leading that. And, uh, um, yeah, I'll encourage you to be here tonight. And then for everyone who's new, as you walk out straight out the door, you'll see a, um, our Next Steps area. There's gonna be coffee for new people. So grab your first coffee there already. And then for anyone who has prayer requests, fill out your prayer request there or you have a praise report, fill it out. And remember, don't wake up wondering what's gonna happen. Wake up knowing we're praying for you this week. Fill out your, remember, we bring our requests to the Lord. And then if you need have need any information or next step, you can get it all there in our next steps area. Have an awesome week. God bless you guys.